a, a great strategy for you or anyone else, is, whether you're new or, or seasoned, is to know how to do it, but not get too caught up in the in the fix and flip and the wholesale and the buy and hold. Know how to do it. You gotta know how to navigate all the deals. But the mm-hmm. best way is to, uh, obviously from a buyer standpoint to do what we do, which is buying without using your money, without signing on bank loans. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 155 with the smart real estate coach, Chris Prefontaine. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this session of the Angles of Latitude podcast. Today's hosts are myself, JC Preston, and with me as co-host, is Veronica Kieran, author of Stories of Elders and host of the podcast by the same name. If this is the first time you're listening in, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists. And that's our hope that it will help you find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So you might have realized that this session of the podcast is being released a day early and there's a good reason for that. Tomorrow is, drumroll, baby day. And I have to admit, I'm not completely freaking out about it anymore. So, you know, that's, that's an improvement. But, you know, part of that is because several people have told me that they can tell I'll be a good dad. But you never know until you actually do something, right? <laughs> anyway, when I was recording this interview six weeks ago, it still seemed so far off. and. Time has definitely flown by, but hey, if fellow podcaster Jordan Harbinger hasn't been having any problems with being a first-time dad the last couple of weeks, I feel I should be able to at least manage as I don't have nearly as busy a schedule as he does. So thank you guys for your prayers, thoughts, and support. Really, really appreciate it. And that said, someday I hope to bring Trace into the family business. And he gets that name because he's going to be John the Third, And uh, just like today's guest has brought his own son, daughter, and son-in-law into his family business. But with his family, Chris helps people get started in the real estate investing world. And what's cool is that the way that they actually teach people to do it, which involves not using money from a bank or from themselves. So in this interview with Chris, Veronica and I learn about this process as well as what he's learned over the years by working in a family-driven business, how he got into real estate investing in the first place, and what he'd recommend for new real estate investors to focus on as they're getting started. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about this awesome, awesome opportunity that Chris wanted me to share with you guys. And, you know, I've actually been a fan of real estate investing ever since I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad back way back in 2001, 2002. And I knew that someday I'd get into it because it's the oldest way of creating true passive income. But I've hesitated because I didn't have the funds to get into the game. So learning how to get 
into real estate investing without using money from a bank or your own is truly a great skill to learn. But here's the thing. Chris's process takes that skill to the next level in creating long-term income for yourself. Because a lot of times when you're talking about not using your own money in REI, you're usually talking about flipping houses and and short turnarounds. This, like I said, takes it to, to an entirely different level. So as you'll hear in today's chat with Chris, he and his team have done a great job of streamlining their process into a system which anyone can take advantage of. And what's cool is that they've been able to set it up in a way that eventually you can become a partner of theirs where they actually have a vested interest in your success. So if you've been waiting to get into the real estate investing scene but haven't had the money to do so, I want to make sure you guys have a next step to take if what we're talking about today makes sense to you. So here's the thing. Chris has given me access to a webinar of his that you can check out if you think that this way of creating an REI business is something you can see yourself doing in the long term. To view that webinar, go to newinceptions.com slash webinar. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash webinar. All right, before we get started, remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening on. Again, I listen to CastBox, but you know, people who have iPhones probably still listening to the vanilla Apple Podcast app, which if that's the case, love to have those reviews over there. Also, feel free to support the show on Patreon. You can do so at patreon.com slash podcast. Really appreciate that. And of course, we always want to hear from you guys. So you can shoot Veronica, Harrison, or me an email at heyguysandnewinceptions.com with any current issues that you're going through while you're building and scaling your business. Again, that email is heyguysandnewinceptions.com. Show notes and show notes extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 155. And as usual, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston with Veronica Kieran. Hope you're having an awesome day. Veronica, how you doing? Hey JC, happy summer. Nice to have you uh, in my life today. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> yeah, middle of uh, July currently as we're recording this and a lot of different things going on. Um, you're in the midst of a lot of different stuff and as am I. Um, in fact, I have a lot of different things going on. Some of it includes my affiliation with America Multisport. You know, we're, we're expanding the, uh, the Viking Dash Trail Run, hopefully to a city near you guys. And I actually began a working relationship with one of the past guests of the show. Um, so that's becoming exciting and, and more news will be about that in a not too distant future, I hope. And then there's this whole baby thing. And as of this recording, there's <laughs> actually still maybe about five to six weeks left to go. And funny enough, I know, you know, a handful of friends, as I was telling you be- before the show that are having mm-hmm. their first kid this summer too. And, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know if you can ever really feel right about becoming a first time dad, but you know, I, I think because of the timing with all these friends of mine, that it just kind of feels like the right time. So definitely a, a lot of things happening at once. <laughs> yeah, you're not busy at all. No, 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 <laughs> Nothing no. big on the horizon. <laughs> Talking about uh, doing a lot of things at once, um, today's guest is, is no stranger to that. And on top of being the author of the book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, he's also the founder 
of Smart Real Estate Coach and host of his own podcast called the Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast. Having had 27 years experience in the field, he has seen it all and can help a real estate investors at any level. One good reason is that he can had to rebuild everything after the 2008 crash. And mm -hmm. one more thing I think is cool is that his business is a family business, which includes his son, Nick, his daughter, Kayla, and his son-in-law, Zach. Today, we're speaking with Chris Prefontaine, who can be found at smartrealestatecoach.com. Chris, how you doing? Doing terrific. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Pleasure welcome. having you on with with all your kinds of experience, man. This is this will be a treat. So, you know, this show is it, we we highlight all kinds of people who follow a different path outside of the traditional job route, and because generally speaking, if you're working a job, then you're following the beat of someone else's drum, and we're all about creative type people here, and it's our goal to help people learn how to play their own drum. And that being the case, based on some of the research I've done on you, you've you've always been your own drummer. A uh, big part of that seems to go back to your dad running his family business, which was actually an industrial supply company. Besides the the, the seeds of of real estate, what else did you learn from your dad's business? Oh gosh, well, for one, family company, right? So it was it was also family company because his dad started it, you know, ages ago, and then he took it over and built it, and scaled it, and so I saw that. Uh, and then, of course, um, the all the inherent lessons that go with scaling, which is another whole animal in itself, because so many people, uh, entrepreneur-wise, solopreneurs, in my opinion, would not belittling a million dollars, but a lot of people can get to a million dollars by you know hustle, a little more calls, a little more hustle, a little more work, a little more hours. But to scale, it's a whole different ballgame. So I definitely mm -hmm. a lesson. Mm. Yeah, 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 and really. I mean, family businesses, to me, they seem, at least in today's market, seem rare and rare. And in fact, there there seems to be a, a lot of advice out there than actually not starting one. Because one thing I've heard, for example, is that if you're, if you're going to hire family, it's going to be really hard to let them go if the need arises. So what are you thinking of some of the, the benefits of, of running a, a family business that go against that, that common advice um a couple of things but then there's whether you're filming or not there's a there's a there's a couple there's a thing or two so one is um one of our core values we have six is uh open and, and blunt communication and so mm -hmm. there is no gray area that that is literally how the value reads and so we live by that and so every decision that's made every coaching client that wants to come in has to apply like everything we decide on has to do with those six core values and and so it, it leaves it leaves very little to question. So if you sit in a meeting and it's other team members and family, it's not an opinion. It's does it fit within the six core values? So that does get rid right. of a lot of the riffraff, if you guys can imagine that. And then the other thing is we're all tied to production. So when we started this, it, it wasn't like this. People say, well, did you like outline a plan and then like put all the fit? No, it just kind of came together organically, A. And B, once it came together, everybody's on incentive. There is no free ride. There is no big, you know, salary. No, no one, including myself, it's it's on production. So when we all do well, we all do well. When we have a slow time, we figure out why and we fix it. Nice. So how do you make sure that everyone is actually in a position to succeed in the company? I mean, do you kind of go with the whole adage of, you know, making sure that people play to their strengths or or how do you do that? Yeah, that's a, okay. So that's a good piece. That's what I alluded to when I said organically came together. So it was me just to give you a quickie 10,000 foot view. Then it was my son, Nick, and he 
tended to like working with our buyers at the time. That's this is not in the coaching scene. This is our own buying and selling. And so mm-hmm. he fell into the buyer mode. And then when Zach, my son-in-law, came in, and he definitely fell into, hey, you want to do what you do and learn how to talk to the sellers. And then Kayla, my daughter, said, I don't want to do either one of those things. Like I couldn't couldn't be bought. I want she's very organized and wants to run things from the higher level. So that's what I meant by organically. Um, mm-hmm. it just kind of fell in place. Cool. And play to people's strengths. And that definitely did that, right? Because that's how Mm -hmm. they felt. Now we can all cross cross train, right? And cross through roles, but in general, that's that's how it laid out. Mm. And you were talking about um, you know, core values of the company. And one of the things that I also know is notice as a core value of yours is that you guys support local and national charities with your your business And, and really in today's world, giving back is so big. How important is it for new companies to know what's important to them, like giving back as they're first getting off the ground? And, you know, there's all different philosophies on this. I just think if you look at a lot of the companies exploding right now, a lot of the millennials, for example, there, there's some companies that came on scene a couple of years ago that do two things very, very well, culture and giving back. And, and mm. the whole the level that's been around forever uh, on the concept of giving back. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Vitale and I did a whole program on this uh, called the 31 Day Billionaire. It really is all about like what what happens energy wise and contribution wise and and other variables. And when you give back, I, I think it's huge. Not to mention we're tied specifically to the two our uh, two main causes because one is when my son had his snowboard accident. Doctors told us to never walk, talk, or eat again. And the other one is mm. one of our team members, Lauren, family very uh, tied to the uh, cancer situation on island here and and they help that very well so it's just we're very tied for that reason and for corporate reasons mm-hmm. mm. i literally just read about this this morning there's a whole chapter in this book i'm reading called chanyaka and the art of getting rich um so based on old indian values uh literally there's a whole chapter just on the fact that if you're going to plan wealth for your life not money just money wealth but true wealth that giving back, um, in some form has to be a part of that has to be part of the cornerstone. So Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. C H A N Y A K A. He was the advisor to one of the Maharajas a long time ago. Um, and he wrote a whole treatise on all of this. Um, but so, so you've had 27 years of experience, uh, in the real estate industry, but there's kind of like a dividing line, right? So like you did business back in the nineties and we had the boom and everything was just going up, up and up. Uh, and then of course you had to rebuild after the recession in 2008. Um, so I want to start first to talk about like what it was like to be in the real estate industry in the nineties and to be doing work in the nineties. Um, we had, uh, Robert Kiyosaki with the rich dad, poor dad, uh, company, um, which many of our listeners are already familiar with, but he also wrote, wrote that book from the perspective of real estate investing. So to start there, like, why did you choose real estate investing? Well, uh, that does go back to what JC said earlier about my father's company. See, it wasn't real estate, but while okay. he was building them, he, he taught me something that we, to this day, do one of many things, but one of them was he would need buildings around New England and he would build the building and then he would lease it back to his company. So he kept that separate, but that taught me how to not just organize that, but also that he went off and found land and built and then he'd go find pieces of land and he'd, you know, engineer it to be more mm-hmm. valuable and then sell it off. So that, that just got me into a lot of his friends did. Um, and then back in the day, zero political tie to this because it didn't happen back then. But in the late eighties, I read Trump's book. And it just, I mean, literally from the eighties when I was in college till, till now had that itch. And, and then 
even I went to college, it, it was always, you know, playing with real estate on the side and then got off and went full, full bore into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then what was it like in the nineties, um, to be doing real estate? Well, I mean, when I, if I remember back the early nineties, we were building homes and the credit markets were all messed up then too. And the, and the economy mm-hmm. wasn't that great. So without even knowing it, because you tend to have more blinders on, I think when you're young, which is a good thing sometimes, um, we built <laughs> homes and we, and we didn't have financing. So we had subcontractors and landowners wait until we sold the home, built the home and closed on it to get paid. So it was pretty cool. It was like doing wow. things before I knew what I was doing. Wow. Um, that was a cool time. Yeah. And then in, in 95, we, we had a franchise that was a uh, broke, you know, I had a broker hat on back then. So as a realtor slash broker owner, um, and then we sold off to Coal Bank in, in 2000. So the 90s were, were good to us. There's some different times, but it, just like any other market, if you're not a navigate, you do okay. Right. Right. So then to that point, you know, things shifted um, in the early aughts, but then, you know, 2008 was kind of like the big the big year, the big moment where everything yeah, collapsed. Right, I don't know. Oh yeah, was it a thing? It was like a hiccup, right? So, um, <laughs> what what was that like? And what do you feel like? Like, what were those significant lessons? What did you have to change in order to um, stay in the industry? Well, what it was like was was an AT, you know people, including me, had properties that they could treat like ATM machines because the banks would give anybody money. Mm. Uh, and so everyone, including us, thought that wouldn't end. And then when it, when the, literally, I can tell you, I remember like it was, it was February of 08, but I remember like it was yesterday that like you flipped a light switch and no more funding was happening. Certainly no commercial funding, uh, values, you know, shrunk. So instantly we had a, a major plethora of headaches to, to deal with. And that took us, man, from spring of 08 till about spring of 12. So about four years. Mm-hmm. Felt like a full-time job unwinding properties and, and doing all kinds of fun things, but tons of lessons uh, built in there, which caused us to be where we are today. One of the, the the guys that was recently a speaker for the Amplify event, Colin, he actually uh, was talking about 2008. He was doing a lot of what you were doing back then, Chris, but then he overnight more or less became a landlord. And it was just such a huge transition to make. I, I, I thought it was pretty interesting how he put it in those into those terms. Yeah, I mean, it caused us. It caused a lot of people to do a lot of things. Some people stuck their head in the sand, right? And they still, frankly, are still there. But but others made it into okay. What did I learn? And, and that's what we try to do as hard as it is sometimes. And so we basically said, all right, look, no more signing on bank loans ever. No more using our own cash ever. And so we buy mm-hmm. our terms now. And and it's, frankly, you can sleep better at night, and there's a lot more profit in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Uh, I think it's safe to say that things never really went, you know, back to quote unquote normal. Maybe we have a new normal now because of everything that happened. Um, what are some of the one well-known ideas or strategies that don't hold water anymore that you just had to throw out? Uh, the, the whole refinancing and yanking cash out. I mean, not only is it tougher now with the banks, right? Because we do live in a different time with banks now. It's much, much tougher to get loans. Uh, not only is that the case, but it's just stupid from a, from a real estate yeah. standpoint anyway. So that's a, that's a, a definitely one that's stuck with the, since the 08 crash with the, the whole bank. And granted, it's loose a teeny bit, but it's still very, very difficult. Look, I got my own loan. We, we don't, I don't take out loans on the business, but we got our own loan to do our house of our own in 17. And my wife said, man, how does, how does someone not in real estate do this? Like it was difficult to get that done, you mm. know, our own business and do decent, but it was crazy hard. And it wasn't like that back then. Yeah. Yeah. It was like candy. They're just handing out loans like candy. 
from what I hear, I was not in the real estate market at that point. So, no, no, no. Um, but I am now. And, um, I've been, I've been kind of gearing up for this interview personally, just because, um, you know, we've talked colloquially, uh, there's all these mythos around, you know, buy the houses and flip them and, um, having single family homes as strategies for, um, entering the market. And I personally, um, you know, started my own, um, real estate holdings in 2012. So I bought really low and my, my down payment is now worth 10 times what I paid on a duplex. So it's making me money, but I just wonder like, shoot, you know, it's a seller's market. Am I shooting myself in the foot? Should I be selling this and then upgrading using that money? But at the same time, it's a seller's market. So would I actually be able to upgrade my holdings? Um, but so based on what, you know, like what strategies would you recommend, not just for me, but for people who are interested in entering the market or have holdings and are wondering what to do next. Okay. A whole bunch of cool things in there. So one is the whole down payment thing. So we, so you said, imagine what you can do to parlay that. We don't use down payments. I mean, our contracts are written in usually between 10 and a hundred dollars and we control, you know, between us and our associates around the country, 30, 40, 50 million at any one time of real estate. So you don't need to have a down payment for those mm. sitting in for you. Um, mm. a, a great strategy for you or anyone else, is, whether you're new or, or seasoned, is to not get too, too caught up. Know how to do it, but not get too caught up in the in the flip, uh, the fix and flip and the wholesale and the buy and hold. Know how to do it. You got to know how to navigate all the deals. But the mm-hmm. best way is uh, obviously from a buyer standpoint to do what we do, which is buying without using your money, without signing on bank loans. Um, that's key. So if you picture the leverage there, if you bought that same duplex on terms, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. I lease purchase or, or, or on a financing, you just, you literally, I don't want to say create money out of thin air, but if you're putting a hundred dollars down and you're getting a, a in, our, in our case, we create three paydays every deal. So think of this as a new person, you create three different types of cash flow per deal. And they average between 45,000 and 110,000 around the country per deal. That's pretty cool. And, and when people are new, to create the three paydays I'm talking about, that means they get money like upfront, then they get money monthly. That cures a lot of the problems. Then they mm-hmm. get money in the back end. That it's just a, it's the perfect setup once you understand how to how that navigates. Right. Would you is land contracts considered part of um, part of what you're talking about, or would that be totally outside of um, the scope as well? Yep. Good question. Applicable. So those are very, very, very similar land contract, contract for deed and lease purchase, very similar vehicles, um, very similar mm-hmm. outcomes with a few twists in between. So yes, that's very cool method and technique and uh, form to use when you're purchasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then this is, here's like the killer question. Like, is there any way to prep yourself for another recession? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This comes up every every week because we have hundreds and thousands of students that go through our courses and or come to our event. And so, what's the biggest question in the last year or so? Mm-hmm. What happens if the market turns? Well, mm-hmm. couple couple things. When you're buying on terms, you, you, nothing's feel safe. But when you're buying on terms, the longer your term, the market becomes a moot point. And and when I say the word market, just so everyone's clear, that there's no one market, right? There's there's different markets all around the country and even within states. So you, if you know how to navigate, I call it a master transaction engineer, but if you're not to navigate every deal and you get long enough terms, you can weather any kind of a turn in the market. And if you, if you're using the right technique. So for example, if I bought your home, Veronica, 
on a, on a lease purchase and I had, I don't know, nine years or 10 years, I, I really don't care what happens in the meantime because I got all the principal buy down. I've got a, a buyer in the house on, you know, ready to get a mortgage eventually. And so I can weather most storms if I'm buying it on a financing and I have a long term. Every penny of my monthly payments go on a principal. There is no interest. Right. So these, these are great recession uh, hedges, market hedges. Um, again, nothing's feel safe, but it's going to put you in a much better position. Okay. So then I want to zone in a little further because you're, you're teaching classes on this and you're working with people in order to get them zoned in basically on, on what this means, what it means to buy and sell on terms. Um, so can you, um, can you give us a, a little bit of a lens into um, what it means to buy and sell on terms, what you're teaching? I know you can't, you can't take us through a lesson here on one podcast, but what does that mean? Or what, what do you feel um, your unique value proposition is there? Uh, two things. Uh, and, and we can dive deeper, but I'll give you the 10,000 foot view first. So one okay. is I, I just alluded to principal payments. Well, yes. we, we seek, this is one, not it's one of three or four ways. We seek free and clear properties in the United States. That number is about a third of the properties, believe it or not, that are free and clear. They do not have liens and debt on them. Wow. So if you if that was you and mm-hmm. you need money right away, let's face it, you probably would have pulled it out if you did. So you don't need money right away. You're, you're maybe doing some estate planning. We purchase your home at full price or even a premium, depending on how far out you can go with taking payments from us. And when we make payments to you, they're all going to principal. So if we say, okay, we're going to buy your home, Veronica, for $500,000, we are going to make $1,500 monthly principal-only payments. So it's like mm-hmm. you're the bank. Mm-hmm. We go home. We have all the benefits of home ownership. We put no money down, and we make fifteen hundred a month principal until some year where we agreed on a balloon payment. It could be four, it could be ten. That's a pretty good range. And the longer they go out, think about it. If we're getting principal down every month, can I afford to maybe up the price by three grand? It's two months of payments. If you go out an extra year with me, sure. So the price is not the issue; it's the term when it comes to owner financing. Mm-hmm. So that's a neat one. The, the, the other one is, and we can go back to any one of these, but the other one is lease purchase. So turn that scenario around. You have the same $500,000 home, but you have a $400,000 mortgage on it. For whatever reason, you couldn't sell it on the open market, or you realize by doing a lease purchase with us, you can get the full 500 out of it and not have to pay commission, not have to incur other expenses about home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. et cetera. Well, we're going to go ahead and contract that with you for, again, three, four, five years. We're going to pay the underlying mortgage, so you have no worries. We're going to handle maintenance and repairs, so you have no worries. At the very end, you're going to get your hundred grand equity out of that. But in the meantime, we get all the principal pay down. Our buyer that's in the home waiting to get financing uh, enjoys home ownership benefits, and so it's a great three-way win for the, for the investor, for the seller, and for the buyer. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That explains things even better. Thank you. And so you've talked about in other interviews, uh, ways that you find people to sell properties or the ways that you, um, look for those properties themselves. Um, now like, you know, driving down the street, especially these days, um, you'll see signs on the side of the road that says like, we buy houses, we buy houses for cash and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I even receive letters in the mail, like we'll buy your house for cash. We do it all in cash. Da, da, da. Um, but I, so my guess based on the way you've been talking about, your work that that those are not you that is not what you are doing and that's not what you are training people to do correct mm-hmm. that's not us um because we're gonna because those guys are gonna usually give you 60 cents on the dollar or thereabouts 
Uh, mm-hmm. less. And so we'll get that a lot when we call people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Before we even talk, I'm sure you guys want to lowball the house. And <laughs> quite surprised when we say, no, actually, we pay market value as long as you don't need your cash out right away. And that's the truth. Uh, so it's pretty mm-hmm. neat. It is a, it is a, a pretty cool niche uh, that a lot of people are, are gravitating towards because of the glutton of people that are doing the, the fix and flip, like the signs you saw out there. Those margins are shrinking and shrinking. You've got TV shows and everybody with a pickup doing it. So the profits are shrinking and they are mm-hmm. grabbing doing things on terms. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And I love, I think that that's really great because it's um, creating value for everybody involved. Like you said, so you can, you can definitely sleep at night, like from a conscience standpoint, not just, you know, as your, as your funding secure. So based on what I know about you, that you're also inviting people into, um, to become partners with you, um, sort of through your coaching work. So, um, if somebody said, okay, so they want to become a coaching client with you and then eventually become an associate, how does somebody even begin going about doing that? Okay. So there's a couple hoops really to jump through. Um, All right. You know, one is they've got to go through our basic online academy, which is very inexpensive, but they have to go through that to say for two reasons, not just so they speak the same language, but so that they Mm -hmm. can see do they like this niche or not. Like, is this going to be something they want to run with for a while? Because Mm -hmm. I tell people throughout the course, I I want someone that's going to be committed and serious. I mean, this isn't a dip your toe in the water to see how it works. Nobody should do business like that. It should be. I've done my research. It was almost all free between the book and other things we can look at, Chris. And okay. Now I think I want to do this for like three years and my blinders on and make this work. That's who we want to work with. So then there's an application process after the course, if they want to go further and really lock arms with us. And yes, we call those associates around, okay. the, around the country. And, that, and, and the, here's what that does. This is the biggie. What that does is that takes the, uh, all, the huge, what I call gap between the day, let's say JC walks into a seminar or goes to an, uh, an online course, that gap from then Till actually doing a deal, and sometimes that gap never ends. And so that's just that's that's brutal in the industry. You should be doing deals if you took a course, right? That's the whole idea. So we, we're closing that gap big time by having people do deals around the country, actually doing deals with them. Mm-hmm. Awesome, oh, love that, love that. And thanks for bringing me back into the conversation because I do have another <laughs> couple yeah. of questions for you in regards to this. Uh, so I, I, you know, I've been going to some REI meetings, association meetings around here. And, and, you know, one of the things that Veronica said is that a lot of them, you know, they're talking about wholesaling, they're talking about, um, uh, flipping houses, buying to the, you know, to use it as, um, more of a long-term passive income method, um, just renting them out, buying them, you know, getting a, a, a property manager, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. so what I did is I actually reached out to some of these, these individuals and, you know, the, those that I'm, I'm learning things from and, and was curious, like what kind of questions, because, you know, I, I showed them your model and what you were talking about. And they're like, Hmm, can we, do you mind if we ask you some questions? And so that this is what this is going to be. Are you ready to answer some of those? those yeah, particular ones? Okay. <laughs> what is your best advice and strategies when it comes to working with realtors? Okay, so realtors go on that kind of on the peripheral because I lived that world for a while. I get what they do. So what when when we get someone that kind of gets it, they're they're open to getting it. The concept um, we'll work with them to say, all right, what doesn't fit in your box? Like if you're a realtor, you have homes that expire. It's not your fault, but you have homes that expire. If you're a realtor, you have a home that you go into that you can't take the listing on because they owe too much, or if they pay you the commission, they're going to have to come out of pocket and they can't. 
Um, if you're a realtor, you have people that perhaps could do a short sale, but if they do, it'll wreck their credit. So where else do you go with them? So all these things that a realtor, and I used to experience in the 90s as a realtor, all these things that a realtor experiences that they then might have to walk away from or lose the deal on mm-hmm. as an investor, they now can do it and learn our stuff. Or in our case with the locals here, they'll refer it to us and we'll give them a referral fee back on something they wouldn't have got paid on at all ever because it would have been gone. And so that that's a big role for them. It sets up like an annuity for them if they know how to work with the investors or again, they can learn it themselves. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Um, when it comes to uh, commercial real estate investing, is there a time and place to get into it? Like after they've done what you teach people to do or is, is there ever a good time to get into it? Yeah, good question. I mean, JC, on the commercial, like you could take each niche, right? In real estate, uh, like you guys mentioned my podcast earlier, on purpose, I have all kinds of niches on it because I want people to just say, okay, here's where I fit, right? I'm not so naive to think it's just our stuff. So commercial is just another business, right? So do you do you do commercial only? I don't know if the cash flow would be so quick and instant for, I don't want to say the word instant because that's no real estate, but as quick as you know, doing single family homes if you're brand brand new. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I mean, if I had to, if I had to mold someone or direct someone, they said I want commercial, I'd say great. Let's do this for two years. Let's build up a couple, you know, 12, 24, whatever, 36 properties, have some serious cash flow going. Then let's look at other niches. Might not be commercial, might be tax liens, might be whatever, but it's just a, it's its own niche. And it's definitely slower checks. I don't know if that's where you're going with that. Mm, okay. Mm. Well, yeah. I like that you keep reinforcing that this is a business. And you can think about, even if you're only, if you're only interested in owning a single family home, you can think about it as a business and it actually pivots your, uh, mentality around the investments and how you manage it. And at the same time, Veronica, the, um, people, I, I say this a lot when I'm speaking, like you could learn these techniques, right? These skill sets for terms. Mm-hmm. And if you only bought your own home every few years and did it that way. Zach and Kayla, my daughter and son-in-law have a home. They're one year into a lease purchase that they'll close on in two two more years, but it's gorgeous. It overlooks the water and they probably wouldn't have done it conventionally last year. They probably would have had to wait and the market might go up. You know, so Mm -hmm. you can do this for yourself or you can do one deal a year. You don't have to, it should be a business, but once you have that skill set, you can then do it for yourself and man, you'll save all kinds of money and problems with banks and headaches. Yeah. What's the day-to-day operation look like in today's world when you have to hold on to an investment property for years? And as a follow-up to that, how do you factor in upkeep and maintenance and who does it? Yep. Okay, cool. So, okay, the first part of the question is uh, pretty simple. If you're just doing investing, because keep in mind, we do our own properties and we help people around the country. If you're just doing your own, um, once you get the learning curve behind you, because I don't want to make it look like week one, this is a cakewalk. But once you get that behind you, call it six months, uh, it's what we see typically for people to really start getting it, then um, you're going to have to put in a good two to two and a half days if you add up those hours throughout the week. So somewhere between 10 to 20, 22 hours, if you, depending on your goal. I don't know everybody's goal. If they said, I want to buy one deal every three months, you need a couple hours a week. But the day-to-day would be what when you're new? Generating leads. I don't care what business you're in. Generating sellers to speak with. Learning mm-hmm. what to say to them. and then how to convert that to a, to a tenant buyer. That's who we put in our homes, by the way, not tenants, tenant buyers, just buyers that need time. And so to your question on maintenance and repairs, the beauty about the lease purchase and putting tenant buyers in, in other words, rent to own, mm-hmm. all of the expenses, everything is on them. They act, behave like, and pay for 
like they own it. They just don't have a mortgage yet. So we are very passive, quote unquote, landlords because we deal with buyers that need time, not renters. Big difference. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And then the final question, what's the best way to keep track of all the crazy local, state and federals, ordinance updates and taxes? Yeah. So we have to deal with three states, in our case, Rhode Island, Mass and Connecticut, only because we started in Rhode Island. It's so tiny. You know, we started branching off. Um, so we rely heavily on uh, two people for that, uh, our accountant, who happens to be fine in all three states, and our attorney, who is good in mm-hmm. two states, and referred us to one in the third. So you just put, you put kind of, I don't want to call it the dream team, that's what we use, but we put together a, a strong core team so that anyone on that team can then refer us, hey, I get this, I get this issue with the tax lien, well, how do I deal with it? Well, I don't do it, Chris, but hey, go call this attorney. So we just rely on the, on the dream team. As far as around the country for us, because we're in probably another 25 states with students, um, that, that goes to them, but we tell them what to do. I mean, we even have a done for you attorney service where our attorney calls their market and finds them their attorney for the terms, and that's not easy to do. So we try to assist yeah. them as we can with that. That's great. And yeah, I, I see some entrepreneurs skip the step of having a good account and a good attorney. And honestly, that can just drive such a oh, crazy amount yes. of peace of mind. Just having them there, it's absolutely worth it. So I'm glad. No, no, no. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't want to get a, you don't want to get someone that does, you know, taxes for people at the end of the year that, and then suddenly you give them a, you know, half, at least a half a million dollar business. And they're, they're not going to know what to do. They with don't. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, don't simple, go to our block. <laughs> what was it? What was that? Chris? I said, it's real simple. Don't, you know, success leaves clues. So why recreate the wheel? It's a whole idea Amen. behind what we do. Like, like it's, uh, we're not the first ones that did this. Hello. You know, it's been around since the late 1800s, but we've got a system that works. Don't recreate the wheel, you know? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So Chris, what are some of the things that you're excited about in the not too distant future? Um, well, we've got a, along with those core values, we've got a really cool mission and purpose. And so part of that mission is to um, help our associates um, around the country um, grow in number, first of all, to 125. So we're doing, so we're hitting a lot of the states and pretty heavily. And then that group doing uh, 1,500 transactions between now and 2022, that, that is exactly where we're headed. We're about halfway there, uh, which is pretty cool. And and that keeps us more than busy. And it's always different. You know, that's what keeps us going, JC, because think about it. No one deals the same like ever. I've been at this a while. This, you still get surprises. That's fun. That's what keeps us going. Mm-hmm. And then every single associate that comes in, they've got their own thing that they bring to the table. So it's always, always different and challenging. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Good. Keeps you on your toes. Oh. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, let's see. Rapid fire question segment. This is a segment where we ask you questions rapidly, but you do not have to respond rapidly. So you can go into depth as much as you want to. And the first one, since you have started your own podcast fairly recently, what have been three of the influential podcasts that have helped you kind of create what you're doing with your show? Um, first and foremost would be the guy that uh, I got introduced to from being on someone's show. And he said, you have a podcast? I said, no, he said, we got to call this guy. Well, this guy uh, <laughs> happens to own, um, predictive ROI, which does podcasts, you know, run, runs it, produces it, but he also has his own podcast called Onward Nation, which is really cool. So studying how he interviews, studying how he runs it, everything about it, uh, was super helpful. And then, so I'd have to yeah. credit him. And then the guy who introduced me to him is, a guy by the name of Mitch Stevens, well-known in the industry, and we have a relationship, and he was, like, shocked that I didn't do one. So he's like, what do you think? And so he was so shocked. I said, I got to do it. 
So yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going on our third year and, and uh, just came out with our 100th episode. So we're, we're getting there and it's it's done a lot for the for the business and for, for the exposure. So we enjoy it. Nice. Do you like, is there any that you'd like listening to? Um, uh, on the shows of Titans uh, and Onward Nation um, are two that I stick with. Um, other than that, I do a lot with Audible. So those are really the only two podcasts I live on. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if you could add one song, one book, and one film to the national curriculum, what would they be? Each one of those song book. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, let's go with book because it comes to mind right away. And that is um, Ray Dalio's Principles. Mm. Uh, mm. Really cool book for a lot of reasons. And a lot of different people could be affected by uh, Ray Dalio Principles. Okay. Um, film would have to be top of mind right now is Rudy. Um, for a lot of reasons, we're, we're big on the grit theme right now. Uh, the, the book grit that somebody introduced on my podcast, actually. So we got into that instead of having our students take the grit test and have Rudy as our keynote speaker this year. So that's fresh in my brain. That's a, that's a cool film. Uh, a lot of lessons within that. Yeah. Um, song I, for the longest time, don't ask me why has been thunder. Okay. And I have no rhyme or reason. It's just been in the been in the in the curriculum <laughs> of the mind for a long time, and so I always incorporate. Nice. What's something that you've been learning about recently that you're excited to implement? We are uh, delving deep right now uh, to to be ready in September um, for buying and selling notes relative to real estate deals on terms. Because let's go back to some of the examples that Veronica said to me. My house is free and clear. Yeah, but I don't want to wait for all the money. I want to. I want to have a hundred of that right now. We can create a note, sell that note, get Veronica her hundred, and and keep moving. So it is kind of next level for us, myself and my son and son-in-law. So we're we're delving deep into that with some experts and bringing that to our community, which will allow them to buy more, which is our main mission. So it really fits well. Nice. What's one thing every high school student must know? Um. Money management. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't teach money, it. Money. They don't teach budget or anything. Nothing. No, no. So our kids and, and uh, JC's about to teach his first. Yeah, do it, yeah, JC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How can someone be a uh, difference maker in their community? In the community? Um, mm-hmm. Pick something that it's kind of like I, I advise for business. Same same answer. Pick a niche, in this, in this case, a cause that for whatever reason you're passionate about, there's something in your community. It doesn't have to be what anyone else thinks. It's what you think. And then wrap your arms around that and immerse yourself in that for the next three years. You'll make an enormous difference. Um, and the whole thing we mentioned earlier about what comes back to you, who knows, but it's good energy. Mm. It is okay. though, yeah. Okay. Thank you again for uh, spending some time with us today, Chris. And people can find you at smartrealestatecoach.com. Where can people find you on the socials? Uh, if they just go on to it, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, um, the YouTube, we have some incredible, um, free content there. So they can just put in smart real estate coach. They'll find us. Um, and then I've got, uh, if we, if we can, I got a, a neat offer for your listeners and they just got to say they were on the show. Uh, they can go to free F R E E S R E C stands for smart real estate coach book.com free S R E C book.com. What we'll do is we'll get the bestseller out to them and that includes shipping. It's not one of those deals where you go free book and then you get to pay eight bucks in shipping. It's we're going to pay for the shipping. It costs a little over six bucks a pop. And we're going to do that. They just say they're on your show. Cool. Love that. Thank you so much.
Well, again, Chris, thanks uh, for spending some time with us today and uh, definitely a pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. So there you guys have it. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I really think that this is a great opportunity to get started with true passive income within the real estate investing arena. Again, it's not every day that you hear you can get in the game without using money from the bank or your own. Because remember, that's what kept me out of the game for so many years. So I really respect what Chris and his family are doing. It's truly a topic that most people think is out of the reach and they make it so that it isn't. To further this point in the show notes, I have a few videos of Chris and his crew on their Smart Real Estate Coach YouTube channel. And the first one is an answer to a question that I've had for a while. And that question is, what does it take to crush it in real estate investing? And interestingly, Chris's answer doesn't surprise me at this point, but I think that many people let one of the three points that he makes get in their way of success. Next, I have a video where Chris's son, Nick, talks about how a real estate investor should communicate with potential buyers. The way that he approaches it is very similar to what Blair Enns talks about in his book called The Win Without Pitching Manifesto. As a professional, it's up to us to set the tone of the conversation with a prospect. And if we come across as being too eager to please, um, then there's really a good chance if they do become a client, which might not be a great thing at that point, that they'll be the one actually running the show. So we, we definitely don't want that. Then the third video I have is a recording from Zach Beach, who's Chris's son-in-law. And as part of their YouTube channel, the team talks about how various deals are done. And I thought that this particular one was interesting because it was part of the reason Chris even began the Smart Real Estate Coach. And finally, in the last video, I have a recording of one of their podcast episodes. And in this one, Chris is talking with Mike McCredes, who happens to be one of their big success stories. What's cool is that Mike has been able to actually take their advice and leave his day job with it. And really, I think that's what it's all about. Finding something you're naturally good at and interested in enough to do it consistently and find success. So, Mike Kudos, congratulations, awesome stuff. So be sure to check those videos out via the show notes at newinceptions.com slash 155. So guys, that's a wrap for session 155. Again, if you want to get an in-depth preview of what Chris's process is all about, check out their free webinar. You can get access to that and some cool extra freebies by visiting newinceptions.com slash smart real estate webinar. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with Chris, Veronica, and me. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And uh, we'll see you back here next time, host baby. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home at work or on the go at facebook.com slash new inceptions on twitter at new inceptions instagram at new dot inceptions and on the web at newinceptions.com.